Leti Seco. What's up? I'm Leti Martinez. Reside in Los Angeles. I am in the hip-hop media world. On-air personality for Real 92.3. I felt like I needed to do the introduction since I haven't talked to you in so long. I missed you. Um, but then I, I, and I was thinking about this. God has a plan for everything. There's a reason why everything happens. And the last episode that I did that I left you with is a year, uh, what a difference a year makes. I think I may have needed to just sit on that one so that it can sit with people. A lot of the times when there's so much, you tend to kind of just go to the next, listen to the newest. Um, some of the stuff gets lost in it. Thank you for everyone that listens to throughout all of them. Um, but I, these past couple days, more than most other days, I've got a lot of people that have hit me and said that they really um, felt touched by that last podcast. If you haven't heard it, it's on my, it should be on this timeline of podcasts that you're listening to. So I have a lot of stuff to tell you about. A lot of stuff has happened since I spoke to you with that podcast. Um, let's see what's going on this week. So this past week and the next week, of course, we're getting into the holiday season. We are in the thick of it. Christmas is coming up out here in L.A., current events, that whole terrorist attack thing. Oh, that's what I want to talk to you about. So LAUSD, one of the, I think it's the second largest school district in the nation. Over 900 schools shut down for a day because there was a terrorist threat that turned out to be a hoax, reportedly, but... It was serious enough at the time that officials shut down all of the schools in LAUSD and the police uh, went into each of these schools to make sure they were safe of bombs, of any explosive-looking thingamabobs, and they were. Now, it affected me personally because I have a son that's 10 years old and he didn't have to go to school. Now, day of, like they call you or email you or however they reach you and they tell you don't bring your kids to school, uh, I got the phone call. And I just let him sleep. So he wakes up like at nine and was like, oh, my God, I'm late for school. I'm like, no, it's OK. You're, you're like you're not going to go to school today. To him, he saw it as a win. Like, shoot, any day I don't have to go to school is a great day. He just thought he overslept. So then I had the choice as a parent. And this is funny because you never no one ever uh, preps you for this stuff. These hard talks. I had a choice to tell him what went on or why he wasn't going to school or just to keep him in the unknown. I don't know if it's because I admire the way Tupac was raised so much and how aware Afini made him. I was like, no, I need to let this boy know what is going on. I like him to be very aware. He's very smart and he can digest information and understand it. It's kind of like, though, you pick and you choose when you tell your kids certain things, when you think they're able enough to handle it, because you know with telling them comes some truths about lives, about lives, about life that could affect them. Greatly. So I had the talk, and it's like a, it's the terrorist talk, and it's not like I've like it's not like I never thought I was gonna have to talk to him about terrorism, but I never thought I was gonna have to talk to him like we are faced with this personally right now. It's happening to us at school. It's very, 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 very close to home. So in that case, in that sense, I never thought I would need to have this conversation with him. And this is basically how the conversation went because. I just know it was really tough for me. No one, Like I said, no one preps you for it. You really don't have a guideline on how to speak to kids about it. And it's more so you have to feel it out. And what you, you have to know that these moments, they're very vital for your child. What you say is going to resonate with them when they think of this subject. 
So later on, I know when he thinks of terrorism or when he thinks of these situations, he's going to go back to that. Okay, so the first thing I asked him is if he knew what a terrorist was. This question was very important to me. More so than anything, it it let me know where his head was at. I was a little afraid because one common misconception that we have is we can have as parents. For those of you that aren't parents, my bad, bear with me. But for those of you that are... Um, you'll find this to be true, whether you like it or not. And again, if you don't have children, just I would really like you to know because I wish I would knew before I had it. I had my son, stuff like this. Common misconception is that these that your children don't know anything, that they're not aware. Uh, they're a lot of times more aware. And you got to think of like when you were a kid, like how much you knew that your mom didn't know you knew um, or, your pa- or your dad didn't know you knew. So... I wanted to just see where his head was at. And I asked him if he knew what a terrorist was. And his his answer in a nutshell was, a terrorist is somebody that may have never met you but wishes bad on you and does evil things to groups of people that they don't know, like attack them with bombs. That was very important to me. One in the fact that he didn't tie terrorist to a group of people or an eth- like an ethnicity or religion he just saw it as a terrorist as a person with motive with this as their motive rather than oh a terrorist is da 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 a terrorist is is da-da-da. like someone from this part of the world like no a terrorist is some and and for that i am very thankful and i encourage if you are a parent not to let them not to let them think that a terrorist equals a certain type of race ethnicity religion because it doesn't so i told him then that there was somebody that threatened schools in the lausd the lausd being um the system and the network of schools that his school is a part of and he didn't go to school because of that i could feel his kind of fear start to grow a little bit and like trying to understand like whoa my school or schools like mine with kids like me in it and I let him know the reason why you didn't go to school is so that the police and the authorities can make sure that your school is safe. So when you go to school tomorrow, you'll know that they have checked. It's kind of like when you're afraid of the dark or you're afraid of to go into a room because you might think something scary is in there. And mommy goes in there before you to make sure everything is fine and then says, hey, you, it's clear. You can come in now. It's, like, it's, it's along those lines. And he understood it. And I just let then let him know what awareness means, why I'm telling him this. Because I could have not said anything and just him go back to school the next day. But then this is the real freaking world that we're living in. It's a gift and a curse to keep a child unknowing. Because I don't want to say ignorant, but ignorant probably is the right term. Because I know it's like ignorance is bliss. So they don't know the harsh realities of life. So it's cool. But also... They don't know the they don't know the truths of life via you, which would look out for them in their best interest. So they're going to find it when they find it in another way, like however TV tells them that this is going on or however his classmate will tell him like it's going on. Wouldn't you rather be the person that instills these thoughts and these um, facts and knowledge about what's going on around him to your own child? So I took it as that because I know there could be a discussion there. Like, should we tell our children about this, how early or whatever? Uh, and then, okay, like I said, I told him about awareness because being aware is so important. Being aware is like knowing, although being aware is more of a protection tool. Being an aware is more of a preparedness in the fact that now that you know this information, uh, 
when you go back to school or if you send something a little di- off, you can pinpoint it rather than be like, what's going on? And that fear and that power of the what's going on against you is very strong when you're not equipped with knowledge and you're not aware. Granted, you'll still be afraid when if something goes on in your school or wh- whatever situation it can be. But knowing, at least being able to give it some sort of diagnosis of what it is, it lets you at least have the security of, okay, I know what it is now. I know what the problem is. I know what's going on. That's very important for our children to have. I noticed this and just these weird talks because no one, literally no one ever told me you're one day you're going to have to talk to your kid about fucking terrorist attacks to him personally and threats. But earlier this year, I worked with MTV in February and it was Black History Month. And what we did was we interviewed a bunch of black actors, musicians, figures in media, and we asked them when they had the talk about being black in America. And more specifically, to the black actors, artists, figures that are men, ask them when their parents sat them down and talked to them about how cops were going to treat them. And it's crazy because we're asking them this question and they're answering like, yeah, I had the talk here. And this is what my dad told me here. And this is how my mom said it was going to be here. And in my head, I'm like, I would never think that that is a conversation to have. It's a very sad conversation to have and not like just in the fact that like, It sucks to know that you have to have these conversations, but then you can also see the uh, the strength and like I'm saying, like the protection and preparedness that being aware of what's going on can help you. Whereas like someone who was it? I forgot which actor I was talking to. And he was like, they told me you're going to walk out this door one day. Once you stop being the cute little boy, because like we all grow up. First, we're all just cute little kids. Then we go up to this stage where you become like, you're, you're not cute anymore. You're not a cute little kid anymore. You're like, all right, who is this? And they're going to profile you and they're going to think things about you just off of how you look. And when you get stopped and it's going to happen more and more just because of how you look, this is also how they're going to treat you um, based on what they think of you. And you have to arm yourself knowing because had you not had this talk, it would have happened. You, you'd be like, what the hell? What, what's going on? Why? Like, and it, it would automatically give you a defensive position in whatever happens to you. But having this talk, at least now you are aware that it that it's something that's going to happen to you, unfortunately. And if it doesn't, that's beautiful. But should it, at least you know that it's a possibility. And now you can operate and you can, like once faced with it, you can be like, okay, I know what this is. And like I'm saying, like it's all, it's going to be scary regardless, but at least when you know what this is, you can better maneuver. And so just the, that's why I think awareness is so important. And that's what I taught my son. You really need to know the word aware. Like it's, it's more than knowing stuff being aware is is protection being aware is preparedness via knowledge via information so that was like my week and it was super it was super parental a lot of the times it's just fun and no that's not to say that this my week wasn't fun with my son because it was but a lot of the time it's like we're buddies and then this is one of the times where I really had to be a parent and make that decision whether I was going to say something or not and it brought me around to a Feeny Shakur and what I see in the example of Tupac where she always she made sure he was armed with knowledge she made sure that he was prepared and and knew what was going on 
even if he wasn't directly involved, he was going to face a time when he was going to be involved with these things or when he was going to face these things. And when he did, oh boy, was he aware <laughs> and did he know how to maneuver or even just that it was going to happen. What is what does J. Cole say? On 2014 Forest Hills Drive, Cole says, fear lies in my lack of awareness of the other side. And I think I've mentioned that before. But it, it is very true. Try to understand whatever is the opposition. Trying to understand helps you. Like, you always think, like, when wh- whatever situation it is, you got somebody you ain't fucking with, you got someone that you feel is always out to get you, or it could be the system itself. But when you understand their their point of view, and not even to say they are right, but to understand why they think the way they think, uh, you're able to then tackle it better. The last fight argument i had with my ex-boyfriend he was leaving my house he left my like i went like he it was the morning time and i was getting in the shower and he's like should i leave or should i wait and i was like you could go or you could stay whichever one you want i'm gonna take a shower i come out the shower he did so i text him because he was supposed to take some hats and i'm like you forgot the hats that's what you get for leaving before i got out and he was like well i'm stopped i got stopped by the police He's like, that's what I get. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh. He he proceeded to tell, he's like, yeah, I'm on the side of the road. Like, I could be going away or whatever. And I'm like, what'd they stop you for? And he didn't stop for the three seconds at the stop sign. And like, it's like, okay, take your ticket, right? Well, they then profiled him and were like, okay, we're going to search your car. And they searched his car and he's on the side of the road and they found weed in his car. And he is texting me like they fucking profiled me fucking cops like they fucking put me on the side of the road and they're searching my fucking car and i could be going to jail and what the fuck and like i fucking hate police or whatever the fuck and then i was like look you gotta understand where they come from like they stopped you because you gave them valid reason to stop you it was bullshit like the the three second whatever you may call it but you did fuck up so they have the right to stop you and you do look suspicious you have tattoos all over you and so i really don't know like the mechanics of protocol with cops but i can tell like if they think you're suspicious they can continue to search you and he's like this fucking happens to me all the time i always get profiled i'm fucking sick of it that's why i fuck the police and da 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 And I was like, look, bro, saying fuck them, complaining about what they're fucking doing is not going to help you ever. And the fact that you proved them right, you proved their protocol right because they searched your car and they found weed. Like, because he was just kind of going off on a tangent, like, why did they search me? That's not right. And I was like, well, actually, you proved that it is right because they found some shit on you. Don't do dumb shit and then complain about getting getting caught about doing dumb shit and then saying, like, they're fucked up. Like, clearly, their fucking methods work. So I'm here and I'm talking to him and I'm, and he's like, no, they're treating me like shit. Like, why why they have to stop me just because of how I look? And it's like, yeah, it is how you look. We all profile. We all profile people. You judge someone by how they look and then in their line of work i'm pretty sure it's they're trained to profile people and with examples like yours where they profiled you they looked through your shit they found shit and then you had like a suspended license like i had like no some shit like that like you are proving the case why they act the way they act and then he was just kind of going off like i don't deserve it or whatever and i'm like yo 
you pissed me the fuck off because you really were do fucking up. You did do something wrong. You did have shit in your car. You did have a fucking suspended license. They could tow your fucking car. They could take you in or whatever the fuck for the for the weed. They're not. They're letting you sit and you're on your fucking phone. So I was like, that's what fucking gets me mad. Like you don't understand that what you're doing is proving what they they're method and training is right and then you're complaining about it as if they had unjustly did this or as if it's illegal for them like i've sped and got a ticket i've not had my seatbelt and got a ticket it's just like yo but my bad but i'm not gonna be like i sped and i got a ticket how dare the fucking cops that's so crazy to me so literally that's the last fight we had we had we didn't talk after that like we were done but why did i bring that up oh i told him look This is not how you win. Complaining about them, saying shit about them is not how you win. How you win is understanding that, yes, you are going to be uh, profiled. You are going they're going to look at you and see all your tattoos and look at your car and think however many different ways that are bad. The way you win is understanding that they're going to think like that and then arming yourself, not with a gun, but with fucking knowledge. When they get to your car, you have your papers. When they search your car, you don't have fucking weed. That is how you win. We can all go on and off in a tangent about how bad and how unfair the world is. I definitely have seen, felt, been a victim of, been counted out for, whatever double standards or unfairness that a system, society, companies, whatever have. But understanding that while I cannot change their system i can change how i maneuver and when i change my the way that i maneuver around these situations granted it's fucked up granted it shouldn't even be like that in the first place but it is like that knowing that when you change how you are when you don't become something that proves them right when they act the way or they uh go along these systems or go along these uh carry outs of what they believe in you when you prove them wrong is when you win and when they can't touch you when they can't do anything to you and it's just something i don't know if it's it's pride no, it is pride it's that pride in knowing like damn it they're right i'm wrong that's a motherfucker but i really wish him understanding of other sides i wish everybody that because it's t- it's a tough concept to get it's an easy concept to get it's a tough concept to um embrace knowing what some it's like it's the it's the walking in somebody else's shoes but do it don't do it so that you think like oh i'm walking in their shoes they win no do walk in their shoes so that you can win because now you will know why they do the things they do now you know their position you can better position yourself all right so (laughs) there's that talk i talked to Pusha t by the way Pusha t came into the station and we were interviewing him and then i had like this little side convo with him that i really really enjoyed and i want to show you uh because we were talking about music but i hadn't talked to Pusha since i remember i talked to him rock the bells before my name is my name drop so i hadn't talked to him after that album dropped and i love that album um i got to talk to him about it and it we also talked about like west coast music and how he felt when he first started listening or like when like hyphy was popping I'll let him explain. I used to come out here to the Bay Area, and I remember being a kid. And as a kid, I'd be um, watching Yom TV raps or whatever it is I'm right. watching. And Bay Area or West Coast, you know, nor- Northern California artists in particular, I may turn from. You know what I'm saying? As a kid. Mm-hmm. So I'd just be like, man, I ain't, I ain't on that. You know what I'm really? saying? I'm from, I'm from Virginia. I'm right. like, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
New York had infiltrated my whole state. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Wu-Tang, I'm seeing Wu-Tang up the street, you know, big, and I'm like, you right, know, it was right it, it's there. a thing. So fast forward, I come into the game, and I go to the Bay. And I never realized how much I loved the hyphy movement. I didn't know. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This same thing that I turned from. It's something I can really vibe with. Listen, but you got to get in it. Right. You got to come outside. You got to be you can love anything that you're in the mix of and you see people being passionate about. Word. That sort of stuck with me, man, because I, I just remember. What was So was Hyphy, you think, the first West Coast-type trend or sound that you started liking for yourself? No, no not, not necessarily. Not necessarily at all. I mean, I, I was always on a, a West Coast, you know, mm-hmm. West Coast music. I got I probably got a beaten behind um, NWA yes. as a child. Yeah. It, it wasn't that. It's just I can just go back to a time where... I know that I was very stubborn and set in my ways from afar. Like, you know, just a kid, like, this ain't my thing. And then fast forward, I come out there, and, man, I'm making a this face. I'm I'm like, I learned it all. I'm like, oh, this is hot. Like, you know, you just get into the culture of it. Now, I do want to mention about, you did say, like, the West Coast and how it's impactful on you. I know so many people out here of Mexican descent love Pusha T. Pusha, you mentioned Chapo in in one of the early records that you dropped earlier. When I used to see you with the soccer jerseys, like, I saw you in them before I saw anybody in them. And then my ex-boyfriend was like, you know he has like like drug dealers names in the back right, of him. Right, right. <laughs> you kind of paying homage to that. I know it's related to the streets and everything, right. but you paying homage to that really had us embrace you and like yo push it push it down for the cause well, out let here. Me, let me let me tell you. Okay, that's how my that's how my sneaker started. Really? Yeah, my because what happened was Adidas. I'm super particular about sneakers. Right. I feel like you got to be a certain individual to have a sneaker. Like right. you know. And one thing I wasn't down with was um, just putting my name on a sneaker and being like, this is my sneaker. This is my joint. Mm -hmm. It's corny. So what happened was I was doing a lot of business with Adidas, you know, doing shows and and so on and so forth. And they were like, man, we should do a sneaker. And I was like, no. I was like, what I want to do is custom soccer jerseys. And... And they were like, custom soccer jerseys? I was like, yeah. So they like, <laughs> you know, I went there, I like picked out all these soccer jerseys. I have a closet full of soccer jerseys. jerseys. I went and customized them. I went to all the South American, mm-hmm. just uh, every every type yeah, of... Yeah, the league, yeah, 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 yeah every team. Everything. And I put the uh, cartel names on the back of them. And um, That's dope, yeah, literally. Yeah, just, just, yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know, either cartel names or... or um, an actual bosses, yeah, 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 boss's name or whatever the case may be, um, in regards to their love for 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 soccer, right. anyway, and you know just certain things I noticed about their culture. Mm-hmm. So Adidas was like, no, no, we can't, <laughs> we, have can't we can't have anything to do with that, and um, you know I understood that. So they were like, listen, man, we really want you to do this shoe. And um, they came and met me at All-Star Weekend. It was All-Star Weekend. I think it was in New Orleans. So I'm, like, walking, and I go to this meeting. And when I go to this meeting, it's, like, a round table of people, people from Germany. You know, I'm, what? like, I'm like all tired. I'm like, what? And they were, like, you know, <laughs> people from Germany, designers. They got shoot silhouettes. And they were, like, listen, just pick, 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 pick. And mm-hmm. they were, like, whatever you want to do, we're just going to do it. And I was, like. Listen, man, this shoe has to be synonymous, like, with me with and you. my brand. So that's why, you know, the first one was off-white, Italian, cracked leather, fish mm-hmm. scale back, the Pyrex sole on the bottom, mm-hmm. gums, you know, um, packaged in a Ziploc. 
Like, you know what I'm saying? Where, it was about the whole experience. And I think you you have you have such authenticity with it because yeah. not not unbeknownst to everybody, you it, it was a lifestyle of yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but so many people have caught on to the theme of let's be this. Right, right, right. In order I know you had you had a line or my my name is my name. Um some of y'all sell records, never sold dope. I, or oh, like, I, I sold more. Um, I sold more, more more dope than I sold records. Some of y'all sell records, never sold dope. Right, right. And that's the that's the reality of it. Right. For someone who's lived it to see people that have it and do it, it's kind of like like I'm saying we can't yeah. say it's a crime anymore because we yeah. have to let everybody be free. But knowing that you did kind of earn those stripes and someone's rapping about it without earning it, yeah. I mean, is that know, something you just gone past? Cause, yeah, cause, I, I have, man. You know, it, it just is what it is, man. Like I can't, I can't be the police. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm not here to be the police for you know for for what's real. Right. Like, but even with this record too, the off the album, uh, more more famous, more famous than rich. Than rich yeah. It's even on that too. Like there's yeah. all, there's so many. It's like what else are y'all gonna perpetrate this year? Like yeah. what's the trend to fake this year? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But and it's it's, a, it's a kind of like an open lane. You say something, you're automatically a hater. You you like it, you're automatically like you're, right. you're a dick rider. So there's there's right. always extremes to to what we are now. There's yeah. no com there's no objective or opinion. Or no, just opinion. Yeah, you know, you just can't have an opinion and. My thing is, you just have to... I sort of pick the issues that I feel like are detrimental. Because, I mean, the times have changed. Got you, got you. The times have changed. And I think about, you know, people coming up in the game right now. I look at, like, you know, young... The, the, the youth coming up in the, in the game and... And they're so independent, you know. They're doing this without and a label. Schemes, yeah, they, they, got a market, they got followers. They got a whole demographics mm -hmm. before you even... You know, before they sign a line, exactly. they, they out here getting five, ten, twenty, forty thousand dollars a show, right? Right. I speak on these things because, like, more famous than rich, because I, I feel like we have to, at the same time, make sure that when they do step in the in the more uh, curated business aspect of the of the business that they keep it man you keep your money you keep like it's That's a dope real. time like it's a dope time for money, independence yeah. and like you know usually the youth or something new or new energy is suppressed and this is a time where it's not yeah. like this is a time you where it's like it. you yeah, can't, can't suppress it, it and, it's, and it's and it's hot and it's being recognized and you got you know companies like you know companies used to be based off of like okay well how much did this guy sell and then you got you know companies like adidas who are just like of the culture and they're like wait a minute this is like hot on the on the street like or online like who is this fresh girl who's like, I mean, yeah, Her she ain't put out an album. Point, yeah, yeah, like, you know, they, and they're peeping all of that. Right, influencing. And so you got to, like, I, I put those records out there, you know, just so that people can really understand the, the bottom line of it. Like, I want kids to understand, like, yo, this is the bottom line. Like, you know, get your money. Don't be out here frauding and faking. Like, it's actually your time. Kendrick had said something how we're not taught how to maneuver with money right we can even and we make it so quickly but right. they don't teach us money like they teach no like way. charles up in the hills no like they, way. and it's like that's why we lose it fast that's why we're right. like in bankruptcy that's why like we end up still broke even though we made millions for somebody yeah. else is there something to that effect too that you're trying to express to kids like yo really because even I'm, like sorry to cut you off no, go ahead. you're like yo adidas cut me a million dollar check and i don't bounce like right. even staying true to yourself and not make like yo pusha where's the where's the club record and you're yeah, like right, bro right, right. that doesn't need to bounce with my check 
Rags don't when they don't bounce, I don't need to make those bouncy records. Yeah, yeah. And that's just another perspective of uh reality, you know, like I was really speaking about my friend who who came home from the feds, mm-hmm. like and he's you know, he's been in jail for years, sitting watching the game and he like, man, what, like, you know, and, and mind you, this is my friend. Like, so he right. knows we go out. We he knows how we, you know, we really pop in bottles yeah. and you know, all of the lifestyle of, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that he's like. He's like, man, you do that. Like, why aren't you making this record? And I'm like, um, man, you know, I'm I'm different. Like, it's a different thing mm-hmm. for me. You know, he probably has just tunnel vision of, you know, like a lot of people like, oh, make that record. Get like, this. This is the formula. Yeah, like, this the, is the formula, formula. seems this so is, easy. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That was the thing. It's like, man, you got to talk on and speak on, you know, the different avenues and let people know it's a different, you know, it, it, it's different strokes for different folks. Yeah. Dude. Like, man, I, you know, I, I'm extremely happy with, you know, my position and being a part of the culture, too. Like, right. I'm like, I'm a, I'm not. I'm not just like a rapper. I'm like a, a, a person. I'm a, I'm an influencer. I'm, I'm I'm part of the culture. Like they line up, the shoes dropping such and such a date. They it's two hundred outside. Mm-hmm. I got two streetwear stores. The kids are just you know fiending right. to get in and and trying to get the new fresh. And you're bait. able to make the music yeah. you want to make. Right. You know what I'm saying. And and you know it's not the most. You know, it doesn't start off like $500,000 a show or whatever the right. case may be. But, man, it's, this is my lane, and, and I'm cool with that. Now, I, would you consider yourself, because I'm telling you lines, and I'm thinking of more fucking, like, when you said, like, there's this line you have, on my, my name is my name, mm-hmm. when you're like, you shouldn't ever question if you deserve the dance with them. The better uh, question is, did you or did, yeah. did you yeah. enjoy the dance with them? Yeah, yeah, right. Like, that line to me blew yeah. my mind. Because yeah. so many, just relationship-wise, girls right. are always like, yo, like, it didn't work out or whatever. Yeah. It's like, yo, but at the moment that y'all yeah. were together, did it did it feel good? Were right. you good? Right, right. And so many times we just focus on the outcome wasn't right. it, but not living in the moment. Right. Say that to say, that's just one of a thousand trillion, kajillion lines that Pusha yo, T man, has. I, I love that. I love that bar. I love that bar, yeah. bro. That bar made you me cry. You should question like, if you ever stood a chance with him. The, the better, better question is, did you enjoy the dance with him? That line is fire, dude. Yeah, I say you. that to say, <laughs> when people people give these top five places, these yeah. top ten places, yeah. where does Pusha see himself in that, lyric-wise? Because oh, I'm not saying, like, greatest of all time, and it's such a yeah, broad yeah. spectrum. No, nah, listen, lyrically, I, I definitely feel like I'm top five. I, top, I would I definitely agree three. with you. To me, even what you just, did with with Snitch, yeah, just, like these clever concepts of music. I, I, I love that Snitch record too, just simply because I, I feel like people don't, you know, you'll hear these grandiose stories of all these like rappers and they in the street and yeah, we my boys, we made millions, we drove Benzes, we got the da 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 da, and I just found it amazing that nobody had talked about the fact that you know when, when your boy goes to jail mm-hmm. and he tells because. People tell. Yeah. They do. And what his reasoning to tell was. Right. And, you know, whatever the case may Mm -hmm. be, it's like, man, it was a very real moment for me. And I was like, man, I I was, that wasn't even a song. Like, I had, um, you know, the the situation, all my friends went to jail in 09, Mm -hmm. basically. Everybody I came in a rap game with. And, you know, from 10 to 35 years. So after that happened, uh, Pharrell was calling me while in in the mix of it. Because right. we, we all come up together. Yeah, you went to high school with him, yeah. right? Yeah. So he was like, um, he was like, man, you know. He was like, what happened? Like, you know, what what you what you hearing? This and that. And I'm just telling him. And I'm, and I'm telling him the rumors and people saying this and that. And I was like, man, you know, 
And I got a call the other day from bro saying, man, he ain't, I'm never going to speak to him again. And I just knew that that meant. What it was. Yeah, and I'm like, he was like, man, you know, we ain't never going to talk, but, you know, we, you good. And I just, you know, just know, like, we ain't going to speak after this. And this is like my real right, like friend. So I'm telling him about it. And um, he hit me back. Pharrell hit me back. I was at South by Southwest. He hit me back and was like, I got it. And he was like, snitch. And I was like, yeah. I said, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that, what, that's what it that's is. That's what's about yeah. to happen. And, and he was like, nah, sorry, nigga. I'm trying to come home. The acronym. And I was like, Bro. I was like, Pharrell, like, this is what I, like, when that happens, I was like, he was like, this is the song. And this is your song. And I'm sending you this. I'm going to send you I'm gonna put. The, let me put the hook Bad, on this. Put the hook on it. And I'm gonna send you this. And now you finish it. You give me them verses. It was so, uh, you know, just classic Pharrell in regards to when something clicks to him. When something clicks, he nails That's it. That's the genius like he, of Pharrell. Like he nails it, and he nailed it so crazy. Mm-hmm. I know we talk about my name is my name. Mm-hmm. I haven't yet gotten to talk to you about that album, so that's why I like oh, catch up on no, it. No, come on. Um, but when you, we look at this new album and you look at the mini movie that's accompanying right. it, uh, what was the mind state of, of now that you're looking at stuff, good music, I'm not just an artist of it, I'm the president of it. Right. So what's the plan with this album? I created and, and, and got a head start on a lot of music since My Name Is My Name. And what happened was I was basically, um, there's a certain way I like to hear my music. Mm-hmm. Like I like to hear hard, dark music. And I like to, I like to, I like my albums to be linear, like a just a you know right. a, a seamless, the just yeah, yeah, the vibe, a mood. And um, name me dark artists though. Like, what do you mean dark? Like the the mood of the records. Right. Like they're 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 records that um you know when I think of when I think of big, I think of my downfall or who mm. shot you. You know um, nobody till somebody kills you. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody till somebody kills you. Exactly. And um, working with the producers that I work with on uh, Darkest Before Dawn, it's like. You know, these guys are known for chart toppers. Mm-hmm. All of them. I mean, I'm I'm working with Sean Combs. He got three on there. I got, yes, I got right. Tim, you know, Timberland. Like, you know, these guys are Up boy B- wonder. Yeah, like, yeah, it like, is. But my thing was, when I get with these guys, they all want to be and all want to make, like, the quintessential, I want the hardest Pusha T record. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and... They want to do that. And so at the same time, I look at them and, and, and like I said, they, they got like chart toppers or whatever, but they don't understand how ill the Tim don't know how ill the Jay-Z B-sides that he mm-hmm. did, you know, with Jay-Z Sounded just black to me. Like those are my, those were my hits of, you know, you had Big Pimpin', but you also had Snoopy track and yeah. things like that. So, you know, Puff had all of the hits. But pray for my downfall. That's oh, mine. Yeah, yep. And I'm like, man, we got to let's re. OK, you want me to do let's that? Then here. I want to do yeah. this. And it just so happened that I ended up with like a body and I didn't want to break that up. You know, I got King Push coming in April mm-hmm. and I could have put some of those records up there. But yeah, I think that. Yeah. But that would have to me broke up my my listening. It was going to break up my listening. And it was. To me, I just felt like, man, my fans like to hear me a certain way, and I and I got it. This is how I'm riding. Like, mm-hmm. I'm riding to this, like, okay, boom, I'm going to give you this. Darkest Before Dawn. <laughs> Darkest Before Dawn, yes. before King Push. Yes. Yo, it's about to 12, be, 18, can we say y'all? Push season? Yes, yeah. this is definitely Push season. <laughs> Who putting out harder records than me? Yo, that was such a great conversation with Pusha T. I'm so glad I had it. As you could tell, I was very excited to talk to him about the album, My Name Is My Name. Uh. That's one of the things that I'm so grateful for. 
in the line of work that I do that I can really talk to artists that I'm a fan of. A lot of the times I get, like, this is super personal, but a lot of the times I get, like, oh, you, you like, you're such a kiss-ass when you interview artists. But I've been so lucky to interview artists that I like. Like, some, I don't have to interview artists that I don't like. And that's what's awesome to me. And, of course, every time I interview an artist I like, I'm going to praise what the fuck I like about them. Um, yeah. But I always get that, and it kind of, like, is a little tick at my side. Not really so much anymore. It used to bother me a lot more because it's like, yo, why wouldn't you be a fan of the artist that you're fucking interviewing? Uh, but the fact that I can now choose interviews with artists that I genuinely am a fan of is something that I'm very blessed to do. And I hope to do more in 2016. And I'll take you along with me, too. Okay? <laughs> All right. So, oh, I found, I, I just bought myself, uh, I just bought myself a Christmas present online. That's literally the, uh, the email of my confirmation of the purchase. There are these little things, and it's called Tile or whatever. And I, lo- I lose everything. I lose my key card for work. I lose my car keys. I lose my phone, everything. So these little Tile things uh, you could put on your keychain. And like you're, you get an app on your phone, and whenever you lose your your keys, you can it'll make a noise. And then on the other end, if you lose your phone and you just have your car keys, you press it twice, and then the phone pops up. The phone starts making a noise. I bought that for myself. <laughs> Sometimes you got to. Uh, so let's see. Oh, I have a suggestion for you this coming end of the year to do that'll help you out. Um, kind of a little fresh start. It's it's something that I tend to do often throughout the year. But you should definitely do around the beginning of the year is to go through your social media, see who um, you need to unfollow because you're going into a new year. Of course, you need good energy. Sometimes we tend to follow people reasons like that are, oh, they were in the room and they told you to follow them or whatever. I, I suggest don't follow people that don't do anything for you personally, even if it's me that you unfollow. If I don't provide to you the stuff you think you need, don't you shouldn't. Um, and then even, especially with Instagram, because what you see, like visually can very much affect your day. So if you're following, whatever it is you're following, um, clean it up. If you think you follow someone that's to this or to that or shows this much or doesn't, uh, coincide with the way you think or the way that you want to move, uh, you should definitely consider unfollowing them. There's this there was this study that the people that you follow have a, an effect on how your day goes, social media wise. So you think it's just this simple app that you, you go and you use to like have a laugh or whatever. But if people on your timeline are a certain vibe, chances are you will follow that vibe, and that not, not that not always is the best thing for you. Maybe you can start following people that you want to be like attitude wise the fact that they are what you see when you log on can help you become that they always say like and it's something that clearly is going to transfer over to who you follow on social media but it's like tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are or the five people that you have around you are most likely the the status or the mind state that you will um teeter within goes to say that also happens on social media who you follow is very important even if you think it's very trivial and not as important it is. Uh, let's see, what else? Oh, I saw this other study that I wanted to share about Christmas present shopping. I know it's next week, but 
you're like me and you haven't done it yet, here is some like a cool science study tip for your Christmas shopping. They actually did a, a literally scientist did a study because they have so much awesome time on their hands and figured out how to give a perfect present to somebody. The, their number one tip is don't shop for that person, which is a little weird. Instead, shop for gifts that represent you. Uh, people tend to like gifts that represent the giver more than if it's a gift that you kind of feel is shopped for you. So I'll, if I have a very funny friend, I'll appreciate a funny gift from them or that like is something they like or something they would say or do or give or, or own. They give me, I enjoy it more because it kind of represents them. The, the scientists say represents your true self over something that's like, oh, let these on the radio. She'll like headphones <laughs> or whatever. So that's number one. The other the other tip is don't buy bundle gifts. I know a lot of the times like we go and like we see their Bath and Body Works, Victoria's Secret, or any other retail store, whatever you go into, and it's like buy this bundle. It comes with a bag and a lipstick. It comes with like the men's body spray. It comes with a razor or whatever. Don't buy those gifts. People tend to value those less and think you didn't spend as much time on them as much as if you were to give them one item. People like a lot of personalized stuff, too, according to science. Stuff that says people's name on it will make them like it more. Aren't those cool tips? I thought they were really dope. They help, they help me tremendously with my gift shopping that I'm about to do after I stop freaking online shopping for myself. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to shop for other people, I swear. Uh, but those are some gifts for you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I'm going to try to get these out, this out as soon as possible so you can listen to it. And have a great week. Have a great weekend. Have a great day. Have a great night. Have a great awesomeness and rest of 2015. Okay? Bye.